our Bibles to Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, verse 28. Acts 17, verse 28. Acts 17, verse 28. Amen. It says, in, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So the topic of our discussion this afternoon, very briefly, is what I simply call in him. In him. And the first question you may want to ask from that passage is, when we say in him, who is he? That is, in who? Now, when you, we read from verse 28, right? When you go to verse 24, the Bible says, God, that's verse 24, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. So, from beginning from verse 24, the apostle began to talk of a God that was different from the God that the people of Athens knew. They knew so much about their God that they called him the unknown God. And so Paul wanted them to realize that you may not know whom you serve because you do not serve the living God. But, <coughs> excuse me. But I can present to you a God who is alive. And he, he, he made some uh, reference to the attributes and the activities of that God in this passage. So when you look at verse 24, he says, God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. There are some things about the God that this passage is referring to that I want to point out here. Number one, he is God that made the heavens, I mean, the, the God that made the world and all things therein. He's the creator of heaven and earth. That's the first point we want to point out. Who is this God? Or who is he? When the Bible says, in him we live and move and have our being. He is the God that created the heavens and the earth. He's the God that, that started creation with the proclamation, let there be. When you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, we saw the first creation was when God said, let there be light. And there was light. But that was only the beginning. For five days, God continued to say, in fact, for six days, he kept on saying, let there be, let there be, let there be. Until on, this, on, on that Sixth day. He made many things on the sixth day. But after he had created everything he wanted to create, he now said, let us make man in our own image. In other words, he went from saying, let there be, to saying, let us make. And there's a world of difference from, from that. When he made, the, I mean, everything, a man of God called it the furniture. He said, God made the furniture for man. 
He created the earth, created all the furniture for man, so that man can comfortably live on earth. Then he said, let us make man. So, when man was made, and there's a difference, God did not just say, let there be man, and there was man. Is that how he made us? No. He said, let us make man in our own image. He went some, he, he, he took some further steps. He didn't just say, let there be man, let there be woman. And so, we start talking of God as a maker when he made man. And that's very important. When you go to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 1, I believe it's chapter 1, verse 26, when he was saying, let us make man in our, own, in our own image. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, he looked at man. He saw that man was lonely. And God said, it is not good that man should be alone. Let us make for him a helpmeet. And he went further and he made the woman. That's why we are called the crown of his creation. Tell somebody I am the crown of God's creation. And that's very important. He didn't just say, let there be a man. He said, let us make a man. He didn't just say, let there be a woman. He said, let us make. And that's why you are created in the image of God. So number one, when we say, in him we live, we move and have our being. Who is he? Number one, he is God, the creator of heaven and earth. Number two, he is the Lord of heaven and earth, to whom Every knees shall bow. Uh, I know that's a long statement. But he's the Lord of heaven and earth. Let me just stop at that point. The Lord of heaven and earth. But the Bible makes it clear that every knee shall bow to him. And every tongue shall confess his lordship. That is key. And that should be a reassurance to somebody. Everything that faces you. Everything that you face that has a name. Shall do what? Shall bow. Shall bow. Is it a sickness? It shall bow. Is it a circumstance? It shall bow. You know, there is something, there is something called failure. And in some people's life, failure is actually a spirit. And that spirit of failure shall do what? It shall bow. He is the Lord. Everything shall bow to him. And that is very important. In Isaiah chapter 45, verse 23 to verse 25, you'll see the Lord speaking. He said, I have sworn by myself, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. Take note of that. Does anybody know what's the theme of our God of compassion that is starting this week? And God said, here he's saying, the word is gone out of my mouth in righteousness and shall not return. What is the word he's saying here? That unto me, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow. And I speak to somebody's life here today. Every knee shall bow. I say every knee shall bow. In Jesus' name. In Romans chapter 14, verse 11. Romans, he said, for it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. He is the king of glory, the Lord of hosts, before whom all doors and gates must open. In Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10, Psalm 24, verse 7 to 10, we know that passage very well. The Bible says, lift up your heads, O ye gates, 
and be lifted up the everlasting doors, that the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. Even lift them up the everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The God that we are talking about, when the Bible says in him, is the God that cannot be stopped. Is the God that cannot be hindered. Is the God that is a living God. He is not a God that of wood or furniture that they will be carrying about. He is a God that decides, this is where I want to be. And he is there. He is the God that has made up his mind that this afternoon he will be here with us. And do you know what? He is here with us. I say he's here with us. And he will meet with you in Jesus' name. This is very important. Who is he? In him. In him. Number three. He is God that dwells in us. And not in handmade temples. He's God that dwells where? In us. In us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 to 17, the Bible says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? If any man defy the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Tell somebody, I'm a holy temple of God. That's, that's what the Word of God says. It says, you are the temple of God. You are the holy temple of God. You are holy. So long as he dwells in you, and he desires to dwell in you. Do you know that? He said, behold, I stand at the door and do what? And knock. Revelation 3.20. If anyone hears my voice, open to me. I will come in. I will dine with him. I will sup with him. That is his desire. He desires to dwell in you. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. First Corinthians 6, 19. He said, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Your body is the temple of the living God. So you will give account to God how you use your body. You will give account to God what you do with your body. And that's very important. By God's special grace, beginning from Wednesday, we're going to be embarking on an eight days prayer and fasting. How many days? You have to put only at the end. How many days? Eight days only. Eight days only. When the Bible says you will give account to God how you use your body, part of it is, did you even have any time to fast? Oh, I've, some of our sisters, we are very good at fasting because we want to watch our weight. Not because we want to pray. Not because we are seeking the face of God. But ah, this belly fat must go down. This uh, whatever fat must go down. And then we begin to eat. Uh, in fact, what we call food is not food. Because we are watching our weight. Now we want to make it a spiritual exercise. Tell somebody spiritual exercise. So you are not just fasting, but you are doing what? You are praying. You are praying. You are seeking the face of God. Because there is a divine appointment for you this season. I see there is a divine appointment for you this season. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God has a place for you. God has a plan for you. And you will attain it in Jesus' name. 
I said you will attain it in Jesus' name. So it's God that dwells in us and not in handmade temples. But there's one thing I need to point out, and I we always emphasize this. When we are fasting, if you have any health condition, health basis for which you cannot fast, all you need to do is be praying. Amen? And I'll give you a very simple example. We normally, because a nursing mother is feeding how many people? At least two. Because the nursing mother could be nursing twins. Very soon, some nursing mothers will be nursing twins in this church in Jesus' name. Some people are not saying amen. I say very soon, some mothers will be nursing twins in this church in Jesus' name. That amen is too slow. My sister, you are not saying amen. You are talking to ushers. Say amen for somebody. Amen. Uh-huh. The fact that you say amen doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it will be you and it can be you. <laughs> amen. But what I'm trying to bring out is that when you are nursing babies, we don't encourage going on any long fast. It's very important. Because you are not just feeding yourself. You are feeding at least two people. And you, you, can't, uh, uh, you can't starve that baby because of yourself. That's number one. When you are pregnant, we don't encourage you to go on any fast. Amen? If somebody would mean this, and somebody is excited, okay, I'm exempted. <laughs> and number three, if there's any medical condition that will affect, I mean, say for example, you have uh, uh, what is it, stomach issues. Yeah, we are, because they'll say when you wake up in the morning, you may not eat a lot, but I should eat little by little or something like that. What we want you to do is to do what? Pray. 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 And who knows? During the course of this God of compassion, it may be the time that God wants to take care of that stomach condition in Jesus' name. But you must go before the Lord. You must pray. You must pray. You must realize that this time around you are not fasting for weight. But you are fasting because you want to touch the throne of grace. And I have a word for you. You will touch the throne of grace. I have a word for you. God will answer you. I have a word for you. You will have a testimony. So shall it be in Jesus' name. So we said God dwells in us. How does God dwell in us? How does he dwell in us? He dwells in us through Jesus. If Christ is in you, God is in you. That's a simple equation, right? If Christ is in you, who is in you? God is in you. The corollary is true. If Jesus Christ is not in you, who is not in you? God is not there. In him, in him we live and move and have our being. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9 to 11, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth who? Who? The Lord Jesus. And shall believe in your heart that God had raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. The Bible clearly says the Lord Jesus. Not uh, like some people will say, they will say that he is. Uh, in the first service we talked about the fact that God dwells in light. Jesus is the light of the world. And the Bible says God is the father of lights. And the, Jesus said you and I, we are what? We are light. So God is our father, right? But you know some people. They cannot mention the name of the Lord Jesus. So they will call him that light. It's not the same light as the one we are talking about. 
They will call him, they say, that righteous being. But they cannot mention that name. Why? Because if they mention that name, what happens? Immediately, they will bow. Immediately, their agenda will be scattered. That's why the Bible says, at the mention of his name, what will happen? Every knee shall bow. And every tongue will confess of things in heaven. And that includes Satan and his angels in the second heaven. Things on earth. And things where? Underneath the heart. Even in hell. Shall you know hell is underneath. The Bible says hell below. At the mention of the name of Jesus, all will bow. How does he dwell in us? God dwells in us because Christ dwells in us. If Jesus is not in you, God is not in you. How does he dwell in us? The Bible says he inhabits our praises. He does what? Inhabits our praises. Psalm 22 verse 3. says thou art holy. Oh, thou that inhabitest, inhabitest the praises of Israel. That's why we love praising God in this church. Because we are victorious. Tell somebody we are victorious. We are on the winning side. We are on the winning side. The devil is a loser and the devil is a liar. And he has lost the battle concerning you in Jesus' name. In him, who is he? Number four, the God that created us to seek him. He created us for what? To seek him. Brethren, you can live to be 100 years old, 120 years old, 150. I don't know if there's anybody that's, that is 150 in this contemporary world with all this McDonald's and all this uh, fast food that they also are fast they also fasting your life to the grave. If you live to be 150 years old without God, oh, it's an express road to hell. He has created us to seek him. And you know what? He said, when you seek me, what happens? You find him. It's so easy to find God. Very easy. You seek him, you will find him. And I pray for someone here today. As you seek God, you will find him in Jesus' name. In Acts chapter 17, that same Acts 17, verse 27. We read verse 28. In verse 27, it says, That they should seek the Lord. If happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. We are saying we should, he created us to seek him, not because he's very far off. He's near. He's near. It's simply because there is a time that you cannot seek him. I pray for someone here today, it will not be too late for you in Jesus' name. Isaiah chapter 55 verse 6. We know that passage very well. Isaiah 55 verse 6. Say, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call ye upon him while he is near. Then number, verse 7 says, let the wicked forsake his way. And the unrighteous man is taught. Those are things that can make you to seek him and not find him. If there's wickedness, if there's unrighteousness, they says, let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. Our God is a God of mercy. Like we studied in our Bible study on Thursday, another word for compassion is what? It's mercy. God will have mercy. Say unto our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Abundantly pardon. In him, who is he? Number five. The God who is the giver of life, breath, and all things. The giver of what? Life, 
breath, and all things. Life, breath, uh, brethren, does God need coronavirus to kill anybody? It doesn't call him one second. It doesn't take him one second, does it? All the noise and all the shakara, if that's, I don't know what the English word is for that. Ogwefi, what's the English word for shakara? All the, whatever it is that we are doing, it's just because it, uh, God has deemed it fit to give us life. That you can sleep and wake up in the morning, that you can tell God, I'm going to church this afternoon. And it makes it possible for you to do what? To come here. Brethren, God does not need anyone to be sick for the person to die. Do you know that? Our God is the giver of life, breath, and all things. You know, when people have difficulty in breathing, they connect them to what? Oxygen, ventilator, oxygen. It's then you will realize that this air we take for granted is what? It's expensive. You go to some hospitals, they will say, ah, they needed to give him oxygen, but they have no oxygen in the hospital. What happens to the person? The person dies. That's the oxygen you and I are taking for granted. In fact, we're even blocking it with a mask. And yet it still comes through. We need to appreciate God. He is the giver of life, breath, and all things. You know what the Bible says? In Luke chapter 12, verse 32. Luke chapter 2. It says, fear not, little flock. Tell somebody, fear not. It says, it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. To give you the kingdom. Our God is a giver. We all know John 3, 16. The Bible says, God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son. His, his greatest and best possession, he gave it to you and I. We are talking of him, in him. The God that gives life, breath, and all things. The Bible tells me in Luke chapter 11 from verse 9 to verse 13, that this God we are talking about, all he says is, ask. And you shall receive, it shall be given unto you. Seek and you shall find. Knock, it shall be opened unto you. That's what we are doing beginning from this Wednesday. We are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking. And I'm praying for someone here today, you will not be denied. As you knock on the door of the throne of grace, you will not be denied. Whatever it is you desire from God, He is a God that giveth. Our God is a giver. If He gives, there was a receiver. Receive from Him in Jesus' name. The only thing I would enjoy you to do is as you receive, also do what? Give. Because if you don't give, your hands will be full and there's no room to receive more. But as you receive and you give, you receive more. And you know what? The second wave of receiving is more than the first wave because you gave. And it continues that way. That's why the Bible says, give and it shall be what? It shall be given unto you. Good measure. Press down, shaking together, running over. The same measure with which you give, it shall be given unto you. As you knock on the throne of grace this week, God will answer you. 
I said, God will answer you. God will release gifts into your hand. He will release gifts into your life. Whatever be that desire of your heart, God will meet you at your point of need. As you receive, also be a giver. The Bible says our God is willing to give all. He's willing to do what? Give all. Give all. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. Romans 8.32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not? With him also freely give us all things. So he has given us Jesus already. What else? Can you compare belongings to a son? And that's what the Bible is saying. If he gave us Jesus, why, why would anything hinder him from giving us more? Brethren, whatever God gives you, it doesn't cost him anything. Do you realize that? Does it cost God anything to make you to pass your exam? Does it? Oh, so many testimonies. We don't have time. So it will soon be one thirty. So many testimonies. Exams that you have taken that you know you failed. That you know if you, if you, if you grade yourself. If there's anything called F10, you will have it. But because God is on your side, whatever he wants, he will do with the examiner. All that matters is your result. Is that not so? It's your result. You will pass in Jesus' name. Somebody is not answering that. Brethren, life is an examination. I said you will pass in Jesus' name. In life, you will not fail in Jesus' name. In this life, God will make way for you in Jesus' name. The Bible says, how will he not? With him, that's the only thing. He said with him. With who? With Jesus. You, once you have Jesus, God is willing, prepared, and ready to give you more. Receive it in Jesus' name. But as we begin to seek the face of God, the Bible says some people don't have because they ask amiss. So, as we begin to seek the face of God these eight days, don't ask amiss. Tell somebody, don't ask amiss. In James chapter 4, James chapter 4, verse 2. The Bible says, ye lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you have not. He said, because you ask not. So, at least we've gone beyond the level of not asking. We are ready to ask. Is anybody here who is ready to ask? No, some of us have no need. You don't need to ask. Just ask on my behalf. I'll give you a very simple prayer point. Say, Father, everything that pastor wants, do what? Give him. Somebody's in the spirit. Make that your prayer point number 11. I know some people have 10 prayer points. When you finish praying, say, Lord, as I round up, whatever pastor wants, do what? I'm going to ask you if you prayed or not. I will know those who love me. Amen? So he said, because you ask not. Now look at verse 3. He said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. Don't ask for little things. This God of compassion is a very important one. It's a season for you to challenge God. Tell everybody, challenge God. Challenge him. Challenge him. He has never failed any challenge before. He has never run away from any challenge before. Yours will not be an exception. Yeah. 
I said, yours will not be an exception. So that passage says, in him we live. In him we live. We know John chapter 10, verse 10, right? The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, but I am come that you might have life. And you might have it more abundantly. So his plan for you, his plan for me, his plan for us all is what? Abundant life. You know, like somebody pointed out, they will say, oh God, please manage. When they tell you to manage, they are not giving you anything to manage with. Do you understand that language? You have not given the person anything, and you are saying the person should manage. What is the person supposed to manage? Manage nothing? Nothing times nothing is what? It's nothing. But that is not the way of God. That's not the way of God. He said, I have come to give you life. Not managing life, but what about life? Abundant life. Life in abundance. Life in abundance. In John chapter 6, verse 23. John 6, verse He said, the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. That is Jesus. Tell somebody that is Jesus. In John 6, 48, he said, I am the bread of life. In other words, when you have him in you, you have life. You have life. And so, as we, are, as, we, as we are rounding up, I want you to ask yourself, am I living life in its fullness? Am I living life in its abundance? If not, then you need to go into a discussion with your maker. You need to do what? Not with any man. Not with any woman. You go on your knees and say, Father, there's no one I can go to that will help me. There are many that want to help me, but they don't have the means to help me. But I know you are the giver without remorse. You are the only one that can give me what I desire. And I've come before you this day or this season. Do what? Give unto me that which is your promise. That which is your promise. And they will do it in Jesus' name. In him we live. In him we move. Movement, brethren, is associated with blessing. Movement is what? So God does not bless stagnation. In other words, God's blessing is lacking in a stagnant situation. That's very important. That's why when you look at the book of Genesis chapter 1, the first blessing that God released was on the, on the fifth day. Why? Because that was the day that the Bible says God created the living things that move. He created what? He had created trees and he had created grass. He didn't release blessings upon them. He, he, I mean, there are weeds there. Is it dandelion they call that thing? You don't need to bless dandelion. It will grow. If you don't, if you are not careful, it will overtake everything that you have. But when God began to create the living things that move, he began to do what? To bless them. Because, brethren, God hates stagnation. If there's any stagnant situation in your life, that situation will receive the thought of God today in Jesus' name. This season, that situation will encounter God in Jesus' name. This season, you will meet with the God of divine blessings in Jesus' name. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 
22 to 23. You see what? When God was releasing the blessing on the fifth day. In him we live, in him we move. You must go from moving to praising God. You need to stand. You will stand in Jesus' name. Amen. You need to walk. You will walk in Jesus' name. Amen. You need to leap. You will leap in Jesus' name. Amen. And you need to praise God. You will praise God in Jesus' name. Amen. Some people here are meant to fly. On the wings of eagles. On the wings of the wind. On the wings of the living God. But you are still crawling. You are still walking. In fact, maybe you are even running. Do you know the difference? By yourself, you cannot fly. There's no way you can jump and start to fly. But when you fly either on the wings of the eagles, Exodus 19 verse 4, said how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. You are being carried. You are being divinely carried. When you fly on the wings of the wind, when you look at the scriptures, you find that the wind refers to the Holy Spirit. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 11, the Bible says, If the Spirit of Him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, if that Spirit dwells in you, that Spirit will do what? Will quicken your mortal bodies. That Holy Spirit can carry you on His wings, on the wings of the wind. Then you will overcome all obstacles. You will be up there and you will be looking at what was supposed to stop you. And you are flying by. You will fly in Jesus' name. I said you will fly in Jesus' name. In him we move. Moving is not necessarily just walking. Walking is just the beginning. Or maybe the beginning is actually crawling. Some of us are still crawling. Tell somebody, rise up and stand. And when you stand, you are not standing to stand on one location. Remember that God hates stagnation. You are standing to move. And as you begin to move, you will fly. I said you will fly. The king of kings himself will make you to fly. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. If Christ is in you, he has created you. That you might impact not just your household, but generations to come. And you will not fail in Jesus' name. You will not be found wanting in Jesus' name. God will smile on you. As we seek his face this, this season, he will smile on you.